Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast with me, special guest Chris Hutchinson, father of Aiden Hutchinson. We got to call you now, Chris, uh, even though you're right. a legend in your own right. Doug Skeen's with us. These guys played together. And first question for both of you guys, okay? We were watching, obviously, draft day, Hutch, and uh, what an unbelievable moment for your kid and for your family. Uh, you guys are rock stars now, I got to tell you. But what was it like 30 years ago when you're sitting there at your own parties, surrounded by agents and, and all these handlers and and hangers on, man. And uh, where were you? Do you remember what it was like on draft day back in the day? Hutch, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, it was pretty boring. I was at my Brown Street apartment just down the street from the stadium with uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, and uh, my parents. And the phone was silent. It was, uh, the silence was deafening. No, no hoopla, no Twitter, no nothing. Yeah, yeah, Fallis. Yeah, so it's a, the draft party for me and Hutch was not like what we saw on live television there last week with Aiden. It's quite the opposite. Probably some cold pizza from the night before, and uh, uh, you know expectations that you know of the phone ringing, and and for both of us, it didn't ring very early, if at all. So it was just <laughs> like you guys are afterthought. So to see Aiden go through what he went through was like holy cow, man. That was times are different, but. Aiden's a different player than the than Hutch and I were coming out of school for sure. Yeah, just a little bit. You guys were great players in your own right. Bill Schaefer was probably put, picking out the cold pizza from underneath the uh, the couch there. So a couple of your teammates, <laughs> so or between the cracks. And so uh, Hutch, uh, big news just now. Uh, your kid just signed a thirty six million dollar deal with the Detroit Lions. Twenty three million dollars signing bonus. Does this mean he gets his own place now? And and how far is it from your house to the Lions practice facility? Less than uh, less than thirty minutes to our facility. This is a perfect uh, location, you know. Mama does all your laundry. Actually, I do laundry. Uh, you got his. He can go to the basement. He's got his own entrance. So I'll turn the ring camera off. So you know we won't see what's coming and going there. You know he's got all the privacy he wants. At least as far as his mom's concerned. Yeah. You think he was looking to get away from home a little bit? He said all along, man. He said the Lions were one of the teams that I really loved. And I don't think he grew up a Lions fan, per se, did he? But at the same time, it's your hometown team. And talking to guys like John Jansen, who in the past said, man, they would have loved to be that guy to try to change the culture of that franchise. How's he feeling about that? So, obviously, you want to be the number one pick. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, accolades that go with that. But, you know, if you can go number two to a place right down the street and keep all of your family and everybody that you rely on 20, 30 minutes away, that's pretty hard to turn down. And, you know, from all reports and from what, you know, we experienced with meeting with the Lions, something seems different. Hopefully that will translate to more wins. Uh, But, you know, the NFL is a rough place to work, so we'll, we'll see. But, you know, Aiden's. Aiden's nothing but uh, proud, happy to be a lion. Uh, he's in the right place. And, you know, hopefully, you know, people can jump on board and we can uh, make a difference. You know what feels different about this scheme, about the Lions, is that they're drafting guys like Aiden Hutchinson and the Pascal well, kid from Kentucky and the high character guys. They seem yeah. to start to be getting it a little bit. Well, there's two things that, that stand out to me about 
all the questions that I've received, you know, oh, your buddy Hutch's kid, what do you think, this, that, the other? I said, what, you know, when you look at this draft at the top of the draft from the top to bottom, there's a lot of athletes in this draft. They're the best athletes in the world, obviously, play in this game. But they're not all of them are football players. There's a lot of incredible athletes that happen to play football. And then there's football players that are incredible athletes. And I think that Aiden is in that second category. The guy is just a football player, like my buddy Hutch here. And I'd like to think I was back in the day. Maybe not the greatest of athletes, but we just love playing the game. And I think you can see that the way Aiden plays. And then for him to go to Detroit uh, instead of going to Jacksonville, I thought it was great. People asked, have asked me a lot, you know, what do you think? And I, and I thought, and I, and I tell people this, just, just like we were talking about, imagine you're 22. How old is Aiden now, Chris? Is he 22, 23? 21. He's 21. 21. All right, better. <laughs> imagine you're 21 years old and you get $36 million. Yeah, that can, that can take somebody off the rails a little bit. Now, imagine you're 21 years old and you get $36 million and you move to a city where you know no one. Who do you trust? Where do you go? What kind of, it, That's very, very challenging for guys to handle. And so here's Aiden, young guy, got a ton of money now, but his trusted network is right here in his backyard. All the people that are so close to him, this is a perfect situation for him. So I'm going to have to break down ballast and maybe – borrow one of your Detroit Lions hats or wear, wear a Lions shirt at some point. Because now now this team's got me sucked in, Hutch. Now I have no choice but to follow the Lions and actually have a rooting interest. So here we go. Yeah. Now and I, Dan- I gave you some triple uh, XL hats, so uh, I can share <laughs> some with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me, Hutch. You're, you're taking all my jokes here. So, um, there were, you know, when there were rumblings that, hey, maybe uh, he'll go to New York, and I'm thinking, man, that would be an unbelievable place for a 21-year-old to start and the distractions there and everything else. So, uh, But the one thing that I like, Hutch, I, I like Dan Campbell's approach, and it seemed to me that he would be a good fit. Have you had a chance to talk to the Lions coach? And I know Aiden has, and those guys were, were talking quite a bit. But this is a guy who appreciates – football players, as Doug said, and those guys seem to be a pretty good match. Yeah, you know, the Lions did it right. They uh, flew us out first thing in the morning on a private plane uh, Friday morning. The whole family went. Uh, we sat down with Campbell and Holmes. Uh, we were probably in there 15, 20 minutes, and even my wife got goosebumps because Campbell was dialed in at all times. I mean, I think he was on his sixth uh, pot of coffee, but, hey, that stuff rubs <laughs> off. It, it was it was a great being in the room with them. Uh, we met with all the defensive coaches, um, and I think with the changes they're making, they're making their defensive line a little bit more aggressive and not reading. Aiden's that fits right into what Aiden loves to do. Yeah. Now, you said they I, flew you on the private jet. Was that 30 minutes to – from your house to Detroit, or, or where did they fly you? No, from Vegas. We, they, we, oh. uh, little pro, yeah, from, uh, cause we, you know, we didn't get, you know, like the, like the wide receiver, Jameson Williams, you know, yeah. we rolled in, uh, we rolled in the, the, uh, hotel room about 3 30 in the morning and we had to be on the plane at 6 30. So there wasn't a lot of sleep happening. Amazing. I got a question, Hutch. Have you had a chance? There's a lot of Lions fans that, that have had their comments over the years about the ownership of the Detroit Lions and the Ford family. Did you get a chance to meet any of the folks from the Ford family and how, how were they? I'm imagining they're quite a family and obviously they've done a lot in the history of our country, let alone here locally with the company that they own. But did you get a chance to meet any of them? Absolutely. We, uh, we met with ownership and they were great people. They, you know, had been following Aiden obviously cause we're right down the road. Uh, 
it was bizarre. The you know when we when Aiden was getting recruited to Michigan, it was very comfortable. It felt like home. This felt just like that. Honestly, about twenty five percent of the people in that building, we had maybe two degrees of separation from. We'd be like, oh, because Mark Brunel's there. I remember Mark Brunel from when we played against him. I played three games against him. Um, you know, his wife, we all hung out. Uh, strength coaches and uh, the the Liz, the person who coordinated the flight, uh, went to Hillsdale and was sorority sisters with my middle daughter's best friend from high school. So it was like, that's how this whole thing started up. So the, every, I mean, it just felt like you were at an extended family reunion and you were meeting a bunch of second you didn't know you had, but you had some relation. And so that level of familiarity and then just the proximity, it made everything feel as perfect as you can have for, you know, basically not having a choice on where you're going. Yeah, it's amazing how sometimes things just work out like that. And uh, it's just pretty crazy. So uh, and exciting for Lions fans. I actually wrote a column, Hutch, you know, normally I said, you don't wish the Lions upon anybody. Steen and I have had this conversation that, you know, you talk about the Patriots and how they love the Michigan guys. But this year felt different. And I said, man, if they can land him with what they're building, uh, these could be the most exciting days for Lions fans in a long time. So did you guys get your gear already? And, and you've got you got the uh, the jersey with the Hutchinson on there and everything already? Oh, the Fords, uh, the Fords already hooked us up. They had uh, uh, gift bags ready to roll, so we rolled in. I mean, they gave them to the boyfriends. They they had the whole Hutchinson clan, you know, all together. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully old 9-7 can, can appear on the Honolulu Blue with Hutchinson in it. We're, we're, uh, we're still uh, can't release that for sure, but we are very hopeful that Aiden will be uh, old number 97 in the Honolulu Blue. Did somebody have that number before? I don't even know. Of the top five teams, that was the only – Lions were the only team that didn't have somebody assigned to that number. Awesome. Oh, there you go. Perfect, yeah, man. That's just perfect. Just got to keep the legacy going. So uh, $23 million, 21 years old. He's going to be able to buy his first beer now, which is amazing. So uh, <laughs> that's a lot of beer money. So um, so what's the plan for him? Is he looking to get his own place? Is he really going to be uh, living at home for a while, or what's going on? Uh, well, they report to uh, rookie camp Thursday. Uh, Lions put them up in a hotel. You can stay in the Lions Hotel, you know, up and through June 23rd, I believe. Uh, but since we live so close, uh, he's probably just going to commute after the rookie portion is done. Uh, but we are currently actively looking for some place for him to go. I mean, we have this sort of 30-minute radius around uh, Allen Park. But it also, I mean, obviously, I don't want him to live in Plymouth and, you know, buy the house next door that I can see out my window. I want him to have some space. But he also says, you know, his sister's is social media manager. She needs to be close. Uh, I mean, he he is he is fine being, you know, right, you know, the next town over. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we're open to a lot of different places, um, and, but certainly he's going to be this side of town. So Hutch, I grew up with three older sisters, and uh, our oldest Nathan, as you know, has two younger sisters, and that sister-brother relationship is always an interesting one, but what stuck out to me through all the social media posts and the night of the draft, it's clear to me that Aiden and his sisters have a special relationship that looks to be maybe a little bit beyond the normal brother-sister thing that goes on, but um, it just seems like they are very, very tight. Is that 
tell us tell us exactly how close these kids really are well i think that's the reason why aiden's not in any rush to go get a airbnb and get the heck out of uh, parents house um it's funny just to sort of be a couple rooms over and just hear the banter of the girlfriends the boyfriends everybody just chatting it up and so it's that's what I think makes it a place that Aiden doesn't have to rush out to because he's got so many people that are his age that he's hung around with the sisters in him. They have a, you're right. They have a very unique relationship. I mean, obviously, you know, every brother and sister combination is special, but you know, they're so close in age. We've done everything together as a family, every game we go to, I mean, the girls maybe missed two games, uh, but pretty much they go to everything, away games, home games, uh, and that's the plan moving forward. Uh, sometimes it gets a little messy, you know, families can, uh, families know all your dirt, but uh, that's the that's the best part about it because, you know, at the end of the day, they've got your back. And, uh, you know, I think, again, that's that's why he wanted to be around here because he, he loves being around his family, his sisters, you know, his his grandparents, you know, everybody that's involved in the village the, that we have he he embraces it and i think it's made him a better person and a better player because of it hutch what was it like uh, you for about the last two months you guys have been like the first family of michigan football you got a beautiful family obviously and all the cameras are on you in vegas and every time you're coming on we were at a draft party and watching and you're thinking oh my god you know what a uh, what an unbelievable moment you've got the camera on you at all times describe what it was like being in vegas with all that attention Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'll start with this. I wouldn't wish the green room on anybody. Um, <laughs> it, it looks like so, does. <laughs> it was rough. So let me tell you how it happened. So we just leave the red carpet. It's to cross the street. So they shuttle us in. We get there probably 45 minutes before showtime. And our agent says, well, um, he's pretty sure Jacksonville's taken Walker. Uh, he's heard some rumblings that the Lions may not be as high on, on Aiden as we think. The Texans are going to take a defensive back. So you may end up in a Jets uniform. And obviously, we were prepared one through five. We knew it was very unlikely that he was going to get past that scenario. But when you hear that, and you're already under a ton of stress dealing with uh, everything that's been going on that day, and all of a sudden, the whole landscape has changed. And that's what led to the huddle. Uh, we all sort of had some mini panic attacks. And so dad just called a little sideline huddle before uh, pregame just to say, all right, people, let's just breathe. Everything's going to be fine. I know we don't really want to go play 
uh, for a team that's green and white, but you can't really go wrong. We're going to be just fine. And it ended up that this Lions stuff that they didn't like him was, you know, all this subterfuge that gets thrown out there. But so you, you throw this in here, this agent talk of everything is changing rapidly and the green room is so disoriented. I'm not sure if it's like this every year, but the television that's in front of you is what everybody else has seen. It's the regular, you know, uh, content, but it's delayed not just seven seconds. It's delayed a couple of minutes. The sound coming in overhead is the live sound that's happening right on stage. Next to you, there's a whole bank of cameras. One of the cameras has a dude with a monitor on it which has a different delay sequence on it. So you have all these competing um, sensory inputs that aren't real time or you don't know which one is real time and you almost just have to sort of close it off because you can't, you're watching here, but here and here and looking at this and you're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna have to sit here and smile. And so it's, <laughs> it's so disorienting because you're like, you catch little glimpses, you know, you'll hear a cheer on the overhead, but then you'll, you know, you'll see something on the screen and nothing matches up. And so it was so, it added this extra layer to the anxiety that we are already having. And, and maybe it was because partially because we knew Aiden had a very narrow window. You know, I don't know how some of these guys deal with it. Hey, you're going to be 10 to 20. And you, I mean, you could end up in Seattle, you could end up in Miami. I mean, at least we knew we we're going to be on the East coast. I mean, that was pretty much uh, a guarantee. Um, you know, outside of Houston, but you know, I live, I'm from Houston, so it wasn't really that big of a deal. I don't think it was the greatest fit uh, for a scheme standpoint, but it was, I mean, that whole thing, once it unfolded, it was, it was pretty stressful. And again, that's why we had the Hutchinson huddle and we just tried to sort of talk through it because uh, I'm not sure if Aiden was feeling the same way I was, but you know, I know my wife and I were, we were, you know, if I were to hold my hand out, I, you know, fail a sobriety test because I was not in any good mood at that point. I was I was off off my rockers because you're just like, dude, just make this happen. And then when Aiden's getting picked, or, or the excuse me, the, the Jaguars are on the clock, you don't know what the actual clock is because you don't know which one's right. right. And by the time that the television in front of us is getting down into like two minutes, you're like, okay, they haven't called. It can't be him yet. And Walker's not there in the green room because he didn't go to Vegas. So you don't hear anybody cheering. So there's no input. So you're still sort of, well, maybe they're going to call late. Maybe they're working on a trade. And so if you paid attention to the audio on Aiden, when he actually got the phone call from the Lions, that's when the Walker pick is actually going overhead. So you can see how these competing, you know, inputs are just like throw you off. But once it was over, you know, Aiden gets picked. We're allowed to hug him once because he's got the longest walk in uh, NFL draft history to get to the, the, the uh, stadium or to the uh, stage. And they immediately take us out of the green room. We don't even like, you know, get to barely dry our eyes. And they've already ushered us out of the green room. And we're waiting in the side room to take pictures with Aiden as soon as he comes off stage. So it was like, boom, boom, boom. And then we're out of the, we're out of the building at 540. We're gone. We're in the, we're in the van. We're back going to the hotel. So you're just like, what the hell just happened? I was, you know, <laughs> beyond pins and needles, barely able to control myself. And now I'm back in my hotel room. And you're like, what the hell? So that whole thing was like, I mean, you're doing pulse checks going, you know, am I going 160 right now? Probably. So 
that was uh, that was that was a great experience, but very stressful. And I feel sorry. Like I, I don't. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, but honestly, I have a I have a new uh, found a uh, uh, little sympathetic part in my heart for what he went through. You know, when he sat there to pick 24. I mean, that I couldn't imagine how agonizing that was. Scheme, what was it like for you watching your your friend go through that? This is a kid who. Your buddy asked you five or six years ago, you know, do you think my kid's really a, a Michigan caliber player? And there he is, number two overall. Could have been number one. Could have been the top player yeah. taken in the draft. Was it kind of surreal for you? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, Mal called me, Kurt Mallory Hutch. Uh, Mal called me the other day. We were talking, and for those watching, Kurt Mallory, who's a teammate of ours, head coach at Indiana State. And we were talking about Aiden and, and five, six years ago, and, you know, you and I had talked, just wondering how good Aiden could be. And, and we were kind of laughing at each other about what we thought about back then. But neither one of us obviously had any idea that he was going to be one of the premier players in all of college football and going into the NFL. So, again, you know, that for those of you watching this this podcast, there's about 10 or 12 of us Michigan guys that keep very close in this text thread. And we have our current topics and we banter back and forth via this thread and Certainly Aiden was a topic during the draft time. We were all very excited. But for us, who have all have children, who've, who've played sports, high school, college, pro sports, now with Aiden, it's, it's, it's very similar as a parent. Anybody watching this podcast feels the same way. You want to see your kids have success. When you have a friend who's got a kid who's going on to have this kind of success at the highest levels, it's very, very, very cool to see somebody ascend to that level. We're very happy, could not be happier for Aiden. The work that this kid's put in, how much effort he's worked going back to that broken foot down there in Indiana and where he's come from then and, and coming up through the ranks, just a tall, skinny, lanky kid and, and look at him now. And, and there's chapters to come that we can't wait to see unfold. So for me, I was just so happy and, and to see Hutch and the emotions and the things that we've gone through together all those years ago in Ann Arbor we know the feeling. We know how much work it takes and what kind of God-given talent you have to have to be as good as Aiden is and so much better than, you know, Aiden's better than Hutch in the, in the, in the record books in, in some ways and, and certainly clipped things that, I'll, that I was never able to do at that, in, that, in that game. So, you know, Steve Everett, number one draft pick. Uh, Aiden, you know, uh, clipped him in the status of the draft. And so, for us in our Michigan group that has remained very, very tight, we could not be happier for the Hutchins family and in our group of friends. And we just can't wait to see Aiden have success. You know, we're going to have to watch the watch these Lions games now with a, a rooting interest now. So that's new for me. I've never done it in my life. Well, I take that back. Back when uh, Bubba Baker, I think it was, Ballas was a Lion. I remember my dad taking me over to the Silver Dome. So I used to be a Lions fan when I was a little kid. I haven't really cared for many, many years now since then, but now I'm going to have to care and care a lot. So I, I look forward to it, and we just couldn't be happier for you guys. Okay, Sunday afternoon, golf or watching the Lions for three hours? Come on. Uh, it'll still be golf. I have a DVR balance, as you know. It'll be <laughs> golf as long as the weather's good enough. I'm golfing. You know that. So yeah, I was you know how they have those DVRs that uh, can cut the commercials out. Maybe they can make a DVR that just cuts out the offense and deletes that, and you just have the defensive sequence. <laughs> so you can you know yeah, I, I can do that too. I can watch a whole football game. We could watch a game <laughs> in like thirty minutes and be done. 
Yeah, right? usually he's just focusing on the offensive line because we've got him doing some work for us, and he's watching footwork. I said, hey, did you see that pass on third and 12? Because no, but the right tackle's footwork was shit. So, <laughs> so uh, Hutch, uh, Melissa, uh, became kind of a rock star herself. Uh, how'd she handle the attention, and how'd you handle all that attention on her? It was unbelievable. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, when you've got a kid that's uh, doing things like Aiden, some of that sort of rubs off, and then you've got, you know, a family that uh, dresses up pretty nice, that uh, looks good on camera. Uh, you know, Twitter and the and the blogosphere can uh, go a little wild. Uh, but, you know, we had a lot. You know, we had a ton of fun. The family was all together. We were all supporting each other uh, and obviously, uh, you know, digging each other a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the comments about the girls and my wife and because, you know, Twitter will be Twitter. Uh, but it's all, you know, we try not to, you know, get too uh, offended by it uh but it's all it's all in good fun and uh you know we had a blast we had, had glad everybody was there and we all all got to be able to experience this together as a family yeah it's all you know, fun and games point. so Steve, i was gonna say it's back. all fun and games until big blue stud big blue stud 52 oh go ahead buddy i'm sorry and i was gonna say ballas you know when when you're on the football field in ann arbor or you're on the road at michigan state or ohio state the things that you hear the fans saying to you you know, are they're off the charts, right? Now, now Twitter allows someone to do do and say the same things right to your back pocket, right in your phone. And so I imagine that's a challenge for the Hutchinson family now to deal with. Uh, when you get to this level and, and people can do and say anything they want on there, you, it's like you can never get away from that tunnel scene when someone's barking in your ear about being the fat guy in a uniform that's too small for you. You know, just never get away from it. <laughs> hey, tell them the story about being on the sideline at Penn State in your yellow shirt. That was <laughs> that's Ballas's favorite story. So <laughs> you know, at the Penn State game, Hutch, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I'm sitting on the sideline watching the game, and I had a, a bright yellow or maize Michigan hoodie on, and the dude behind me in the first or second row was just like, "Fat guy in a yellow shirt." <laughs> Was that skiing? Or was, was that ever doing that? No, I thought it was. It was just some Penn State guy. So I started laughing my ass off because that would be something that ever would absolutely say to me. And I turned around and looked at the guy and I was like, dude, that's thumbs up. That's good stuff right there. Oh, it kills me. That was at Penn State, right? One of your buddies got Yeah, that was uh, at Penn State. And I was, listen, I wasn't egging the crowd on like ever it would have been. I was just standing there with my arms folded, just watching the game. Seeing how it's going, and all of a sudden this dude just lays into me about being the fat guy in the yellow shirt. I'm like, that's freaking hilarious. That'd be something right out of our, our friend group. Hey, and you're looking good, man. You're losing some weight, and that's great stuff. So <laughs> need it for the golf course. But uh, Hutch, a couple more things before we let you go. Did you and Brunel talk any shop any about the old days or anything uh, going back and forth? Oh, absolutely. Even before he was drafted by them, I texted him and said, well, you either need to give us advice on where to live because his forever home is in Jacksonville. I go, or you got to put a good word for us in at uh, Allen Park. And he was giving me thumbs up and we were talking and my wife and Stacy had been sort of communicating back and forth on social media. And then we got to talk a little bit uh, uh, in the hallway and the girls had never met him before. Uh, Aiden had met him once before at the... Uh, uh, Michigan weight room because he was there with a buddy's kid that was getting recruited. Um, so that was great, but it was, wasn't as long as I'd like it to be, but uh, we have plans to uh, grab a bite uh, sometime this summer before things get really heated up for him. Uh, hey, we spent a week in Tokyo, Hutch, right? With yes, Brunel and right. 
So I played against him in the Rose Bowl, played against yep. him in the Japan Bowl, played against him in the East West Shrine game. There yeah. you go. That was uh, We spent like two weeks with Brunel and a couple other guys yep. from Washington after our Rose Bowl, and that was a lot of fun. That was some stuff that was said in, in, the, in the subway system of Tokyo that was still, <laughs> to this day, some pretty funny shit. What happens in Tokyo stays in Tokyo type of thing? You know yeah, it. yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Two things, Hutch. All right. With Skeen, we know Skeen uh, was on his way to a 15-year NFL career and becoming the best NFL lineman in, in Patriots history before Chester McLaughlin ruined his knee. Uh, you, I was reading that you had a tetanus shot or a reaction to a tetanus shot that kind of ended your career and, and pushed you into your next chapter. Is that correct? That is correct. So, you know, while I did go to medical school, I, I have a tendency to be a little slow on the uptake. So it actually wasn't until I was 35 and got my next tetanus shot that about 36 hours later, I had this delayed uh, allergic reaction and I could barely walk. Um, and all of a sudden, everything came back into to focus. I'm like, oh, guess what? That's why I wasn't in my seventh grade football picture because uh, two or three days before that, I had my tetanus shot. That's what happened uh at uh, the cleveland clinic they gave me a tetanus shot on thursday by sunday i couldn't walk but you know i'm 23 years old and a ding dong and have no idea what's happening other than the fact that i can barely even practice let alone get out of bed um and you know i'd already been accepted to med school i had deferred you know i knew that i was going to be a long shot um and at that point you know that was just sort of that nudge I needed to say, you know what? You thought you were ready for this, but you're really not. And as it turns out, I was just a moron and had an allergic reaction. And, you know, who knows what would have happened. But I was certainly going to be a long long shot. I mean, you're an undrafted free agent. And I uh, would have had a lot of stories to tell because, you know, uh, Saban would have been my uh, defensive coordinator and Belichick would have been my head coach. So uh, I can still say that I was on that, you know, rookie team for that. But other than that, you know, Everything turned out a-okay for me, so I can't uh, I can't uh, complain about having an allergy to tennis. And and Everett would have been your center. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, and I I'm telling you, they love those Michigan guys, and Belichick still has a lot of Michigan guys. I bet you would have stuck, man, uh, and it would have been interesting. But like you said, man, things happen for a reason, and things worked out okay for you. So, uh, last question for you guys, uh, Hutch, where where is this program? It sure seems to me that Aiden leaves it better than he found it. And you look at the talent and I was going through, I was writing the football preview article on, you know, best players and best position groups. And in some years, you know, it's two or three guys. And then it's like, okay, who the hell do we put next? There's a lot of talent on this football team. And I understand that they've got to replace Aiden and David Ojabo at the ends. Uh, but I'm looking at the defensive line and the defense. It sure seems like there's still a lot of talent there. Yeah. You know, I think there's not the ultimate disruptors. But I also think that the secondary is going to be better. I think uh, Aiden and Ojabo and the rest of the guys up front, they made that defensive backfield better than they actually were. Uh, and I think there's going to be a little bit more sort of synergy needed there. You're not going to have somebody getting 14 sacks, or I think that's extremely unlikely. Uh, but I think if you have timely pressure, you a little bit your coverage is a little better. I think you could have a pretty similar – Defense. I mean, it's the same defensive scheme, so that's great. I'm really happy about that. The guys seem to to like the new defensive coordinator. Um, I think they just gotta you gotta make those plays at the right time. Uh, you're not always gonna have somebody that's on the outside dominating and having their way. 
Uh, but if you, you know, get a right break grab, make the quarterback, you know, a little uncomfortable, that's all you really need. So I think uh, with what they've got, I think it's, you know, I think it's favorable. And then, you know, you look what they've got on the other side of the ball and, you know, you hope you're going to get what you saw in the Ohio State game, this ball control, throw when you need to, run it down your throat. Uh, that's going to help the defense out. Uh, but you, you never can know how things come together. I mean, I I would have never thought that our defense was going to be this good. You know, even though the whole team, let's to be honest, I told Aiden we were going to win seven games uh, last year. So, and I think everybody was right around there. No one would have predicted this. I think, you know, things just came together. And I think, um, you know, I, I, clearly they're starting off on a better foot than, than Aiden's senior year. Uh, but you still have to make it work. Things still have to come together. You got to avoid the injury bug. And I, I think they have some. I have, they have an opportunity to make some waves. But again, it's a long, long season. I think that's the difference, Ballas, that, um, that that Hus just mentioned. The special sauce that gets made in January, February, March into spring football. The leadership stuff. The amount of effort it takes. The cohesiveness on the team in the locker room, outside the building. All the things that last year's team hopefully left behind is what's going to carry this year's team into success this fall because without those things and the camaraderie and the respect and all those things you, you just it's it's harder to win if you don't have that kind of leadership so i'm hoping that aiden and ojabo and the others that have left michigan behind left a mark on the guys that are still wearing that uniform because they're going to need it because you're not going to have those uh, special players so someone else has to step up yeah, last question for you, Hutch, before we let you go. And I asked Skeen this, how do you generate that pass rush? They're talking about getting more interior pass rush from those guys. Uh, how much do you have to change things up to make that happen, or does it just still come down to individual talent and one-on-one -on -one guys getting off blocks? Yeah, I think it's a it's the combination of things. I mean, you're not going to have uh, right now this this sort of dominant singular or, you know, as the season went on, two guys. But if you can make it timely – uh, and you can make the quarterback uncomfortable, that's really what it's all about. And then if your secondary is a little bit better than it was, uh, your coverage is a little tighter, uh, all these little bits of things. I mean, you don't have to have, you know, all-world guys at every position to have a real effective team. You do it timely, and everybody's in uh, coordination. And I think that's where they need to lean on. And if they get lucky and somebody – you know, bursts onto the scene and has a whole bunch of sacks and becomes a terror, well, then that's just a bonus. But you, you can't count on that happening, especially year in and year out. You just, you know, try to put the guys in the right position and uh, hopefully you've coached them up and, uh, you know, make make plays when they need to make plays. He's Chris Hutchinson with us, Doug Skeen. Uh, Chris Hutchinson, Aiden's dad, obviously. Chris, congratulations again. We're thrilled for you, man. That was an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable year, unbelievable couple months, and it's just getting started, man. We're thrilled that he's staying home. Uh, make sure you tell him congratulations for us, and we're looking forward to watching him play. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Chris. Doug. See you, brother.